Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, this is Sarah Perry, sex coach and researcher, and this is Haven Space, where we can talk about our fantasies in a safe and accepting way. Um, one of my patrons requested that I speak about sex parties. So today we're going to be exploring what is a sex party, what it looks like, what the dynamics are, how you can engage comfortably, what etiquette you need to know, and all of that good stuff. So when I talk about sex parties, I'm talking about group sex events. I'm talking about whether it's in public or in a private space, people getting together in an environment where they are safe to engage in sexual um, interactions with each other, sometimes just with their own partner, but in a semi-public setting, so where other people are watching at least. Maybe only other people that have been invited, but nonetheless, not alone like typically would be done in our society. It definitely fits into categories like voyeurism, exhibitionism, um, orgies, gangbang play, train play. So when we talk about orgies, we're talking about uh, sex in groups larger than four. Um, when we talk about gangbangs, we're talking about um, one person being the, the main receiver of all of the attention and the rest of the gang, if you will, being people that are only putting attention on that person. So that's why we call it a gangbang, but it's not always a feminine person, it's just a receiver. And by the way, the person in the middle of the gangbang doesn't necessarily have to be penetrated for it to be considered a gangbang. So it could be like an oral sex gangbang, um, and it could also be just like play or toy play. Um, also, trains would be when there's a line. So gangbangs uh, assume that there's interaction um, more than one person is actually interacting with the subject at one time, but in trained play, people take turns take having one-on-one -on -one time. So a lot of times when we look at um, group sex and sex parties, there is an element of trained play when there's only one person receiving. Um, that means that they're just taking turns with the person on one-on-one. -on -one. So remember also always, even when we talk about polyamory, any kind of group scenario, that our dynamics with other people are still individual. So even if we're in a group or if someone's in a poly triad, which is three people that all date each other, um, there is still individual relationships between those people, one-on-one -on -one connections. So it's not um, really shocking to hear that, well, sometimes people prefer one-on-one -on -one time with their partners during group sex play. So why people like it, a lot of people like watching sex happen around them. Um, there is a lot of break time because there are other people interacting. Um, unless you are the receiver of a gangbang, then it just means that you get a ton of break time, a lot of leisure time, a lot of time to watch and interact just with yourself, but also maybe to walk away, go to the bathroom, have a glass of water, have a snack. Um, there is a famous... Um, phrase from Friends, the TV show where Ross says that he had a threesome and he got a little bored and he went and made himself a sandwich. And this doesn't actually have to be a bad thing in group play. In group play, you get to go make yourself a sandwich if you so choose. So that's kind of nice. Um, 
there's a lot to do, but there's not a lot of pressure on one person to do it. So a lot of the issues that people have with threesomes, and I promise that I will have a long uh, podcast about threesomes and threesome interactions and possible issues, is that you are 100% committed the entire time. If you're not interacting, then it's really noticeable. Um, but this is tends to be really low pressure, shockingly, because all of the interaction is not on you. Pleasing everyone is not on you. It's kind of a group thing. So the pressure is actually a lot lower than it would be in um, dyadic sex or at least like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, there's also um, an easygoing vibe. Typically, sex parties start off um, with the knowledge that sex is probably going to happen. So the rest of the time, um, everything else just kind of falls into place. Think of it as like a comfortable relationship with um, somebody you've been sleeping with and care for but see regularly. So you don't have to have all the pressure of a first date, maybe second, third date where you don't know if it's gonna lead anywhere. And you kind of know, well, it'll lead somewhere and if I wanna participate, it's great and if I don't, it's fine. And that actually removes a lot of the pressures too. Um, you also have, strangely, an added element of knowing that people care for you and your partner or partners that you have arrived with. So we don't think about it, but in group sex, most of the people there come already entangled in loyalties with other people. So this actually translates to them respecting you and your relationships too and your boundaries. Um, another important element and really a great safety element is that typically in these types of planned events, um, if people have taken the time to go get tested beforehand. So you have something that can be called a paper party, which is the idea that you could show up with your papers, um, figuratively or physically, and show that you have been tested recently. And that way, fluid bonding, if you decide to make it happen, actually feels a lot more comfortable and relaxing than it would when you're engaging with someone that you maybe didn't have this dialogue with, shocking, but it happens. And sometimes um, there is a lot more relaxation that can come of that. So that seems to be an element that people enjoy too. Where can you find sex parties? Well, um, on-premise clubs, as I've referred to before in some other podcasts, are locations where people can have large sex gatherings, although they don't tend to. On-premise clubs tend to still engage in dyadic sex and sometimes in gangbang situations, but not so much in kind of group orgy settings. Um, I would say that most of the time it's because people that are going to on-premise clubs don't really all know each other and engaging in an orgy would seem like an invitation to be approached or just joined by anybody in the vicinity. This is not the case in on-premise clubs. And it is also not the case in sex parties. So this is not a free-for-all, right? Even in um, these very like lavish sexual environments, recognize that consent is sometimes even more difficult to obtain because you have nothing to hide behind and you don't get to just assume because of people's body language that they're interested in sleeping with you. So a lot of times there's a lot more clarity in these environments than there would be in um, something like a regular bar, okay? So keep that in mind. 
Also, you could find them at lifestyle, um, other lifestyle clubs that engage in other things. So for example, meet somebody and then that person says that they're having a sex party and going back to someone's house to have an orgy or a sex party. So that's a way that you could find it. Um, there's also themed parties. So a lot of the lifestyle websites will have themed parties. So one of really common ones is called Desirous and Desirous is a brand of like party throwers and they have different theme parties. They take over a different bar. Sometimes they take over uh, bars that are just regular vanilla bars or you could also find them maybe taking over a strip club where they've actually rented out the whole place and it is a Desirous party. Now I will say a lot of these parties are not on-premise parties. They're parties thrown with the purpose of getting people together to be able to accommodate for sex parties later, but they're actually not sex parties in themselves. It's just a good way to get to know people and possibly have it lead to something else. Um, websites like sdc.com and cassidy.com are good websites to find uh, people in the lifestyle who are traditionally swingers, but a lot of times people that are not swingers and actually just enjoy uh, voyeurism and tandem play with other couples. So that could be a good avenue for you also. Um, a website called Adult Friend Finder is a pretty good website to find partners who you wanna engage in sexual dynamics with. The only issue that I have found with Adult Friend Finder is that I feel that a lot of people there don't actually have great experience when it comes to negotiating boundaries and consent because they're not really lifestyle people. So if you're a beginner, then maybe that is a good website for you. But acknowledge that there's a lot more to the dynamic of sexuality than getting on a website and finding someone to hook up with, especially when it comes to group play when so many things can become dramatic very easily. Also, of course, people's houses can have sex parties. So engage in the types of friendships that might lead to sex parties later if this is something you're interested in. How to prepare. For sure, get tested. Get tested all the time. Get tested so much that people are asking you why you're getting tested so much. I, funny enough, last time I went to get tested was asked why I got tested so often by a doctor uh, who was in place of my regular doctor who knows me and doesn't ask that kind of question. And I said, well, because I should. And they said, oh, I was just asking because um, I, the only other person I've known that got tested so often knew that her husband was cheating on her and you know how men are. So this is the regular idea that we have about getting tested regularly, even by our doctors. So fight that, go get your fucking test done. And when they say something like that, you just say, no, I don't. I think everyone should get tested often. So fight that stigma, even in the medical community, please. We're all fighting the good fight, right? Um, also set up expectations, um, set up fantasies for yourself, what you would like it to look like, how you can make that happen, and talk about it. I mean, the fantasy that lives in your brain is not gonna turn out the way you want if you're just trying to puppeteer your way into creating dynamics that'll do it. Manipulation does not really equal to fantastic fantasy sex. It equals to maybe getting what you want coercively sometimes, but when it comes to sex, you kind of have to plan and you have to get together with people, especially when it involves many people, and orchestrate it in a way that's more practical and more transparent. Um, also negotiate your deal breakers. So for example, you might assume that for you it's a deal breaker if 
you go to a sex party and someone's doing drugs. Well, have that conversation ahead of time. Also, uh, practice in the mirror or with your partner how you would exit a situation. So the same way that when we talk to our kids about sex, we make them practice consensual interactions. What does consent sound like? What does it not sound like? Practice how you leave a situation. There's fantastic ways to leave a situation. You could easily say, I've had a little too much to drink. You can say, hey, I'm just not comfortable here anymore, especially if you're going to a place where you feel safe, which I hope you are because you're going to a sex party and I hope you feel safe going there. Um, I think that the most important thing is to trust yourself and don't get in a situation that you're gonna regret later just because you kind of got pushed into it, right? We have to be able to be happy with our sexual choices and it starts with taking time to listen to what you're doing. So maybe set up a system of like going to the bathroom to check in and see where everyone is inside of your group, inside of your partnerships, so that you know that you're always following what everybody's comfortable with. And also negotiate if for some reason, one of you gets to leave without the other. So if someone gets really uncomfortable, that might be a deal breaker for them, but that might not be a deal breaker for you. What does that dynamic look like? So discuss these things in advance and always do it from a place of positive regard because you can't start having arguments about hypothetical situations without thinking that you're gonna damn the entire situation before it's ever, ha ever even happened, right? So take a step back, think in positive regard and say, hypothetically, if this were to happen, how can we negotiate this? Also, be prepared to have differences in the moment, right? And be prepared for how you're gonna approach it then. I think a lot of the times the best thing to do is just to go with the flow, try to relax and see what happens. If you're in a place where your partner is a little bit more into something than you are and then discuss later, hey, I wish I could have communicated this better and don't hold it against them that they weren't able to read you in that moment. So another thing you should do is if you're planning on not having uh, fluid bonding because for some reason it wasn't a paper party, Remember that you have to change, condom, change condoms with every single person you, you go into. So if you have a penis and you are penetrating many people, then know that every single person could actually contaminate each other. Just because you're safe doesn't mean you're keeping everyone else safe by having one condom on. So make sure you're changing condoms every time you go into different orifices, even if they're within the same person. Um, Definitely have birth control agreements about what should happen if something unexpected were to happen. If you're on birth control, if you're not on birth control, uh, who would be responsible for, um, you know, helping pay for the morning after pill if some situation were to come up, or God forbid, if you wanted to have an abortion, who would be responsible for that? Are you able to pay for it yourself? So all of these conversations you should be having with all of the people that you're having sex with. And it's not weird in the community to have it be just a casual conversation that comes up, oh yeah, I'm totally on birth control, we're good, or I've looked into it, or I have a vasectomy. These conversations can and should happen because we're all responsible adults making choices for our own sexual lives and our fertility. Um, also, how can you deal with disrespect in these environments? So recognize that a lot of times people are getting carried away, either drinking or doing drugs or just really, really turned on. And so much of how we behave irresponsibly has to do just with our own motivation. So sometimes when people are really turned on, they may engage in risk behaviors that they would not have engaged in otherwise. So know that you could be in a situation and someone approaches you and you don't like it. So it's very quick and easy to just say, I'm not feeling it, thanks. 
um, and not cause a big commotion about it. But you have to be practicing these statements. You can't just show up at a place and then think you're gonna be okay with uh, some kind of coy hand moving because a lot of times we don't know what that looks like for other people. And a lot of times it could be part of someone's fetish or maybe their own interactions to be told no in these very subtle ways. So negotiate that. Also try to uh, negotiate some type of traffic light system where you can easily say, yeah, I'm at yellow when someone's touching you a certain way, especially if it's a group of people to kind of push back without terminating the whole experience. And that will help you find the power within yourself to renegotiate when something's not going how you like and frame it into a perspective that you do actually like. So how to go about doing it. Um, join websites. Some have yeses and nos on their actual profiles about things that people like and don't like. So it's kind of simple to go online and see these people are people that are likely to play in an orgy and these people are not likely. Um, go socialize at sex clubs, even if you don't want to engage sexually there. Um, create friendships with similar people who also enjoy this kind of thing because you might find that you're the most comfortable when you have your own group of friends that you can relax around and they're fine relaxing around you. And that is the best dynamic for you. Um, create a group on Adult Friend Finder and join in some kind of group chat. And maybe even if you never actually end up getting together, it could be sexy and, and really flirty. And that could lead to fantastic sex in its own way, just in the flirtation of it, right? In the buildup. Also, recognize that you could be hosting them, right? You could have a group of friends that you've had conversations with and you say, why don't we all try to do this and just have some drinks and hang out? about drinking. It's important also to bring your own alcohol, not share it with a bunch of people because a lot of times in um, sex party dynamics, you don't know everyone there and you don't really know uh, if someone has something in their own drink. I'd like to hold people in positive regard, but some people do put drugs in drinks because they feel fantastic. Some people like to drug other people. So make sure you're being safe with those interactions by taking responsibility of your own alcohol and not drinking out of someone else's drink because just because they didn't want to drug you doesn't mean they didn't want to take drugs themselves so etiquette good etiquette would be not to show up alone if you were told to show up with a partner a lot of times that's done to kind of ease the pressure on interaction with other people because people who are alone tend to clump into groups and not um socialize and it's easier when you're there with someone else so that if that happens and you can kind of talk back and forth with the person you brought um take your time a lot of times um sex parties go on for the entire day because people have to feel comfortable uh remember how we talked about the book on group sex that discusses the different spaces and i talked about it in the sex club podcast about the different spaces and how you navigate different spaces to feel comfortable it's the same in a party at a house you still go through different areas of the house you still end up probably drinking in the kitchen then going to sit in the living room and then potentially moving into the bedroom for sexual encounters and this is just a really like natural part of humans and how we move and how we interact sexually so recognize that you're not going to walk into a scene with everyone having sex in the kitchen organically it's something that would be super forced and the ease of transition between spaces is a huge part of how people feel comfortable if you're feeling uncomfortable but you still feel like you want to push your edge and see if it's something that you might be attracted to later try suggesting moving into a more private space because you'd be surprised how much that does psychologically for us and our feeling comfortable 
Make sure to bring condoms and lube. Even if you're not using condoms, even if you're not using lube, make sure you're bringing condoms and lube because someone might want to use them. Remember when you're using condoms that you want to stick to water-based lube. Also, if someone's bringing sex toys, you must put condoms on sex toys also, and you have to use water-based lubes on toys that are silicone. Um, I wouldn't suggest sharing toys at all, which is why I'm suggesting using condoms, but remember that there's some toys that simply don't work well with condoms on, and that maybe could be actually unsafe with condoms on. So make sure you're kind of looking into the kind of toys you're bringing if you think you're gonna be using them on yourself or on other people. Uh, bring your own drink, but then cut yourself off. So if you have an issue drinking too much, then potentially bring just one bottle of wine instead of three to share because that way you know that when you're done drinking, it's at least a sign for yourself in the future that, hey, you've already had a, a bottle of wine, so maybe you should slow down. The last thing you wanna do is be sloppy drunk and embarrass yourself or other people or end up doing something that you weren't really completely on board with. Be considerate and ask to join other people when they're engaging. Don't just think it's acceptable to put your hands on someone because they're having sex and only exchange information with people inside of your role. So this is a small rule about etiquette, but especially in uh, swinger communities, if you are uh, on the feminine role, if you're a woman married to a man and you meet another couple, woman married to a man, it's customary for only the women to exchange information or only the men to exchange information. Otherwise, you could be breaching some of their consent rules too. Um, Read the room. So don't just randomly get up and walk away without talking to people because when you do that, you can actually leave a void in the room that creates like a different dynamic and can make it really uncomfortable. Also, don't try to steal people from the orgy to come home with you or to a different space from the orgy if it's not your own orgy. Um, be considerate of the fact that someone has kind of orchestrated this and trying to put something together. And if you do want playtime with someone one-on-one -on -one or a little bit more private later, then exchange information with them if it's socially acceptable to do so. And if you've already confirmed with their other partners that it's okay. Or of course, if they've told you it's okay with their other partners, you can take their word for it. Um, so to recap, we learned about sex parties, you know how to get them, where to go, what websites to check out, what clubs to go to, the normal etiquette, how to be safe, and of course, how to enjoy it in consent. So I hope you have a great day and thanks for listening. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.